Well, I miss all of you, uh, all of you students. I miss you. I wish we could see you other than on the computer, but uh, we're thinking of you and praying for you. I would like to share with you uh, the testimony of what happened to me in December and since then, uh, more or less. But um, first, I just want to share with you that Christ is with you. Isaiah 7, 14. And this message, if it, the title I've given it is Emmanuel, Christ with us. At this difficult time, Christ is with us every second, every split second of every single day, every hour, day and night. He is with us. You can depend on that. You can trust in that. You, you can sense that. You can walk with Christ as, he's, as if he was physically right there because he's in you. As he said, as the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, he, and Christ said, I'm with you and shall be in you. Isaiah 7, 14 is the prophecy, Emmanuel, and says, therefore, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. As you know, that means God with us. In chapter 8 and verse 8, that's reiterated. The, the name is reiterated. And he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. God with us. In Matthew 1 and verse 30, uh, 23 is the fulfillment. Behold, a virgin shall be with, well, starting in verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you that you are with us every split second in, in our hearts with uh, Christ in, in the Holy Spirit. And thank you for the scriptures that teach us this. Thank you for Emmanuel Christ who was born a human being for our sake and died on the cross for our sake and rose again the third day for our sake. Now bless this message and teach through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 37:24 is another verse that recently I read and I and I I don't remember where I where I heard it but it it uh, can be translated a little bit differently if you wish Psalm 37:24 though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down the Lord upholdeth him with his hand and someone made the point that God is holding your hand at your worst moment you're, I mean you're right there in his hand he closes his hand and protects you. But in this verse, it, it, I read that it could be, and, and ask Dr. Paul if you, know, you really want to know the Hebrew, but it could be translated, he's holding your hand. Uh, I remember one time in Japan, my wife and I were walking along and we were holding hands. And that was, in those days, that was not so much a custom in Japan. They do it more in Japan, the young people do, but not right now, probably. But we were holding hands and a little boy saw us and said, um, and said Mommy, Mommy, they're holding hands, but he's not her little boy. <laughs> the idea in Japan in those days was parents hold the hands of children, but man and wife don't hold hands. What's that about? That's strange. And so this little boy uh, was surprised. But God is holding us in his hand, and he's holding our hand as we walk along. Um, <clears throat> so I want you to think, are you always aware of God's presence in you? right there with you. 
I've heard cases of people saying, well, I've, the presence of God was not with me. I couldn't feel God, and I had to just simply trust. Well, he's there. Whose fault is it if you don't feel the presence of God? If you don't believe he's right there with you and depend on it, whose fault is that? It's not, it's not God's fault. The Bible promises he is right there, especially in this dispensation. So first of all, think, think uh, number one, know that God is always with you, his omnipresence, theologically his omnipresence. Remember Jacob at Bethel, Genesis 28, 16. Jacob at Bethel, and God gave a wonderful promise there to Jacob and my grandfather had a sermon back to Bethel. So Jacob had gone back to Bethel where he felt the presence of God before. And in 28 and verse 16, it says, And Jacob waked out of his place and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. I hope that's not your condition right now. The Lord is in this place. Wherever you are right now, the Lord is in this place did you not know it? He's with you. Don't panic. Don't worry. I wrote a little chorus in Japanese, and a, and a Japanese pastor had his children sing it and sent it to me. And kore kara donaru ka. What will happen now? Kore kara no donaru ka. You say it twice. What will happen now? Shōrai no koto kōwagara nai de. Don't fear the future. Yes, Christ. Yes, O Shu. Yes, O Shinjinas. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's right there with you every split second. Remember his promise in, in Hebrews 13, 5, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in, the middle, in, in a minute. But I want to just share with you, I can, if I can get through it, what happened to me in, in uh, December. Last year was a, an unusual year for me. I got these, I call them my earplugs, these uh, uh, hearing aids, and... Uh, um, I found out something when I got these hearing aids in. I found out the Japan, or Japanese found out that BCM students talk a lot louder than I thought they did. <laughs> when we first came here, you know, I would hear these testimony chap the testimony chapel, and I would think, why can't those young ladies speak up? Or do American girls not not talk loud enough for you to hear? And of course, it was all my fault. It was all my hearing was going, and I didn't even know it. But I got I got hearing aids, and that was good. But then. Um, <clears throat> Late December, about mid-December, I began to feel pain in my abdomen. And I thought, well, it's just the stomach flu, it'll go away. But finally, we went on the 21st uh, to the ER and uh, had them check it out. And they put me through one of those machines and checked it out. And the nurse, when we first started, said, I, I think it's going to be appendicitis. Well, it wasn't. It was diverticulitis, which I, I really I had no idea what it was. I'm a lot more educated now, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I was in the hospital three times that first time, and the, the surgeon told me, uh, well, we're going to have to operate uh, to, to fix this, and there are two kinds of operations. There's the quick and easy kind, and there's the big and dirty kind, and uh, he said, we're going to be able to do the quick and easy kind, so we're going to let you go out right now, uh, get out of the hospital right now, and, and when it's time, we'll do the quick and easy surgery. Well, three days, 21st through 23rd, Christmas Eve, uh, I was standing by our sink washing my hands, and all of a sudden intense pain hit me in the abdomen, and I couldn't even stand up. I fell down and, and called for my wife, and she came and helped me to the bed. I lay there a while, and, and uh, she checked my temperature. We'd been told if your temperature reaches uh, 
Um, 103, I think it was, but my temperature was 104. They said, if, if your temperature reaches that high, you need to come back into the ER. So we went back to the ER, and uh, once again, they put me through that machine. And uh, I went through about three or four different kinds of machines, so I'm not really sure which was which, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, put me through the machine and, and uh, saw that um, uh, I, my diverticulitis had burst through. There was a hole there, and it had burst through and, and was spreading poison all throughout my system. So they had to immediately have surgery and take care of that. God was so good. Right then, right when I had to have emergency surgery to save my life, a surgery team had just finished and could be gotten ready right away to take me. So uh, I remember a pastor came and, and, uh, and prayed with me, and, and uh, events overtook me. For the entire time that I'm telling you about, my, my mind and my heart couldn't keep up. I couldn't catch up with what was happening to me. So they had surgery, and uh, in the surgery, they took out 16 inches of my digestive system. I won't even tell you how big the scar is, but I don't care how big a scar you are, you've got, I can beat you. Uh, <laughs> there's an ancient Chinese curse I've shared with several people. Um, May you live in interesting times. <laughs> well, that's... That's where we are right now, right? Interesting times. And of course, I don't believe in that curse, but um, we certainly are in interesting times. And it was interesting times for me. I thought I was very healthy, you know, and, and uh, uh, I thought things were going great, but God said, no, you need to be in the hospital a while. So um, this was Christmas Eve. Uh, the next day, I, I could hardly even move. Uh, they, had, they were feeding me through a tube. And that, you can't taste that. Did you know that? You can't taste that. So they're feeding me through a tube and they're putting um, uh, uh, antibiotics, two different kinds of antibiotics through a different tube. And they were putting, um, they put an epidural on me for the pain, uh, which apparently would have been incredibly uh, uh, terrible if they had not done that. Um, and uh, they eventually put in what was called a pick line in the pick line, uh, they said, goes straight to my heart, and they were pumping stuff right into my heart, and uh, that went on my right, my right arm. So I had cords on my left arm and my right arm, tubes of different kinds, and uh, uh, I, I mentioned to one nurse, I said, so this pick line goes right to my heart, right? Isn't that what they said? Oh, oh no, no, it goes up here somewhere. She didn't want to tell me, yeah, right to your heart. She was trying to be kind. Uh, so the family came on Christmas Day, and we did celebrate our typical Christmas. I'm so thankful to my wife, who supported me through all this, and my son, who came numerous times. And, and uh, we, we just had a blessed little Christmas in the hospital with me in the bed and not being able to move very much. Uh, had our typical Christmas and prayed and sang and, and read the Bible and exchanged presents. It was a blessed time. Well, we had um, many, many... Uh, Oh, yeah, I had another tube down my nose. <laughs> and uh, that's no fun, let me tell you. <laughs> down my nose and, and all the way, apparently, into my stomach. And I won't go any, any more detail about any of this because it's, you know, you don't need my details, right? But uh, um, so I had all these tubes. My family was there, very gracious. Uh, once again, uh, uh, starting the next day, others visited me. Pastor and Mrs. Van Gelderen came. Mrs. Van Gelderen gave us a stack of 
the tracts about Wayne and his, his surgery when he was a boy. And, uh, and then the, the Stahl family came and they gave me tracts, more tracts. We were passing out tracts to nurses, you know. And by the way, medical people will take all of those, uh, you know. I've not had a medical person, a doctor, a nurse, turn down a tract yet. Not yet. I mean, right, especially right now. The, the medical personnel, they deserve our admiration and our, our praise, but they need Jesus, and now is a great time to be giving tracts. If you, if you have any medical issues that you have taken care of, take a stack of tracts with you, okay? So, uh, had so many wonderful visitors uh, come and different friends from Falls Baptist Church, and... and uh, um, we, and um, we just uh, felt so deeply the prayers of God's people. And um, then uh, after a couple of days, I don't remember exactly what day, my brain still has not caught up with all, I, I can't give you a timeline, but a, a doctor came in and the surgeon came in and said, well, he said, uh, there's a complication, you have diabetes because because of this surgery, your blood sugar spiked and it puts you over the, over the, the limit there, so now you have diabetes. So I tried to deal with that. Uh, and then I had a, a pain in my abdomen that wasn't supposed to be there. And this is in spite of the epidural I had, but I had some kind of pain in my abdomen down lower right. And the, uh, uh, I kept telling nurses and doctors, uh, I've got this pain. And finally, they came in to check me out and, and uh, uh, they said, well, we need to put you in the machine again. Uh, uh, once again. They put me, I, I don't know, they put, I think they put me in three different machines for, to check that out. And finally, they found out that I had um, um, blood clots, and those blood clots uh, apparently went into my lungs, and so uh, they put me on a, uh, uh, a uh, blood thinner, and I'm still on that for, uh, for three more months into, until July when they have a follow-up surgery planned for me. So these complications happened, and, and uh, um, uh, the Lord was with me the entire time. I was there 13 more days, total of 13 days in the second after I had my surgery. And um, I want to say the Lord was in right there with me in my heart, of course, in his omnipresence right there with me in such a marvelous way. I do not regret a single second of my surgery, of my complications because I felt the presence of God in such a wonderful way. When I finally got out, I can show you the spot in the house. I think Patty was gone that day. I was walking. I had to re relearn to walk. I had to, you know, they told me to walk the halls of the hospital every day, and I, I just uh, was so weak I could barely do that. In our home, after I got out, I was walking down the hall with, with a cane, and I stopped, and I can tell you where, I can show you exactly where it was in the hall of our home. And Thanksgiving just filled my heart. It doesn't matter how tough the time. God is with you, Emmanuel, God with us. America and the whole world is going through a tough time right now. But you can be sure God is with you. You can know his presence. You can feel his presence every second of every day. Christ was Emmanuel to me in the hospital. I'm done with it yet. I had, I'm not done with it yet. I had, had to change my lifestyle. Um, 
uh, very many changes in my lifestyle from, from the different things that happened to me. Um, but know that God is always with you. Secondly, know that he will never leave you. And you know the precious passage in Hebrews 13. And we'll read verses 5 and 6. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. You know this, you can quote it, I'm sure, but <clears throat> let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may bodily say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So, I always thought this came from uh, Matthew 28, you know, I will... Uh, uh, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And the author of Hebrews simply rephrased it. That was my thinking. But that's not what happened here. This is a promise from Deuteronomy 38. And I've, I figured that this out actually not until very recently. Um, in uh, Deuteronomy, the um, um, promise is <clears throat> to the people of Israel. So Deuteronomy, uh, not, I said 13, verse, uh, chapter 31 and verse 8. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8. And it says there, And the Lord, and the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. So there's a promise, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And this is reiterated in Hebrews chapter 13. Okay? Remember God's promise to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. This is the Old Testament, so the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling everybody in the Old Testament dispensations. But in, in Joshua 1, 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of my life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And this is, this is a very similar verse to Deuteronomy so, Joshua had the promise too, just like Moses did, that God would always, always be with him. But we in the New Testament, in the church age, we have the indwelling Holy Spirit. He's not just with us, He's in us. So He's with each of us in sickness and health. I remember the day I got married and, and uh, my wife was the most beautiful woman in the world, as every husband should feel when he gets married and I remember standing at the front and seeing her walking down the hall and down the aisle of the church, Maple Grove Baptist Church, Lansing, Michigan. Her pastor was going to do the ceremony. My pastor was there. My, my father was there too uh, to help. And uh, saw her walking down that aisle and, and how beautiful it was. But when we said our marriage vows, we said in sickness and in health. And this is a time in the world when all parents, all Couples, all married couples, ought to be remembering that vow. Even if they didn't have it in their wedding vows. Nowadays, they make up their own wedding vows. No, I don't get that, you know. I've got a great traditional vow there that, that we said in sickness and in health. My wife was certainly with me in sickness, and she still is in different things I have to do with the illness that I, I still have and, and, and until they have the follow-up surgery in July. And, in, and she's with me, and she... She seems to have too much fun poking my finger to get a little blood for a diabetes check, though. I, you know, she seems to enjoy that a little too much. Okay, I'm going to poke your finger now. Uh, 
All right, whatever. Which finger are you going to give me this time? Um, so, uh, uh, well, that's uh, okay. Um, uh, let her have a little fun. She gets to do so much to me right now. Uh, but uh, never think, where is God? Never think, he's not here. I don't feel the presence of God. There's an old book hundreds of years ago by a Catholic mystic, and I, I'm not recommending it. I think I read it when I was young, but I have, I have no memory of what it says. But the title just grabs me. Practicing the, the Practice of the Presence of God is called by a friar a Catholic friar named Brother Lawrence. Of course, the Catholics, uh, the friars, they were more of the hands-on people. The, the monks would stay in their cloister and not go out, and they would think that that was the way to get spiritual. The, the friars would at least try to go out and, and work with people. Okay? So Friar Lawrence was that kind of person. Catholic, but tried to do good, but his, his title just ought to grip us, the practice of the presence of God. God is there whether you realize it or not. God is right there with you whether you do anything about it or not, whether you sense it or not, whether you claim that presence or not. He is right there with you and in you. His omnipresence says he's there with you. His indwelling through the Holy Spirit says he's there in you. It's not his fault if we, if we don't sense that. We sense it by faith. We simply say, God is with me, and then we live that way. I'll never forget, and I've told this story a number of times here, just uh, when I lived with my grandfather for a year, and, and I was sitting on the sofa. I think I was reading, and, and, uh, uh, and the sofa was facing some doors that opened up onto a patio, and on the left was the carport door. So he would drive in his Buick. He usually had a Buick, and he would he would come in from that door. So I was sitting there and he walked in and I heard him talking and I, I, I think I even said, good, uh, good afternoon, Grandpa, but he walked right by me. And as he walked, he was praying. Oh, dear Jesus, we need help on this. Please help us on this. He walked right, didn't even see his own grandson. But I didn't care because I heard a precious time. To him, Christ was there anywhere Anytime, he was liable to burst out praying anywhere in time, or singing. He was liable to burst out singing at any time, you know. Um, you'd be in a restaurant with him, and he didn't care who was there. You were going to sing with him, you know. We'd finish the meal, and he said, let's everyone sing Amazing Grace. And we'd, he'd start singing in a loud voice, not a quiet one. He'd start singing in a loud voice, and you just sang with him, or you were embarrassed. That were your, those were your choices, either sing or be embarrassed. He didn't care. Jesus was with him all the time and he knew it, and he realized it, and he claimed it. Are you claiming that? But finally, God is with you, especially in, in some kind of special way as you serve him, as you do evangelism, as you seek to win souls to Christ, as you disciple people. And of course, we know Matthew chapter 28. I'm sure all of you BCM students could quote it. I, I'm, I'm going to go to it, just make sure I get it right. I've been able to quote this, of course, being a missionary, and I'm sure you can quote it, being a BCM student with our wonderful emphasis here on fulfilling the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in, in heaven and in earth. Go, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And, and I can stay categorically 
that Christ was with us for all of those 33 years in Japan, 33 years including some furloughs in there. I, there was never a time when I didn't know in my head that Christ was with me. There, were, there was a time when we moved to Yokohama and I realized that uh, I knew absolutely nothing about starting a church. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 I knew that Christ was with me, but I had to claim it somehow. I had to figure out, uh, how do I do this? Uh, I just deeply thank God for the BCM emphasis on church planting, on soul winning, on discipleship. I, I, we had the, the emphasis on soul winning when I was in college, but uh, my college did not even have a missions major, believe it or not. I checked this recently just to be sure that I was remembering this correctly. I looked in, my, in the uh, college annual, and, and not a single man or woman had a missions major. It was all Bible or music or whatever, education. And, and so I didn't learn how to start a church. I didn't learn discipleship. Uh, I, I heard many, many times, let's go soul winning. You know, let's go out and win folks to Christ. But BCM has that wonderful emphasis. But I want to tell you, that's not enough to know how to do it. You have to know who to do it with, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is right there with you when you go out to serve him every second of the time. He is right there with you when you go soul winning every second of the time. I've shared with my mission students, uh, Mr. Habazaki got saved, Habazaki-san, we say san in Japanese, that means Mr. Mrs. Miss, everything. And Habazaki-san got saved, he got one of my tracts and he read it and, and wrote me a, a postcard which I still have in my files, I want to enter your teaching, uh, 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 new kyo kibo, uh, I want to enter your teaching. And he became my soul winning partner. We'd go out and, and one day it was raining, so I said, Habazaki-san, let's pray for the rain to stop because I'd seen my grandpa do that. And I figured, well, Christ is here, it must work. And I prayed and it worked and he was impressed. Next time we went out soul winning and it was raining, he said, uh, Pastor, let's pray for the rain to stop. And he prayed and the rain stopped. God was there just as much with him as he was with me. The Holy Spirit is there. When you go out to serve God, he's with you to see people saved in hard places. He's with you to provide all of your needs. He's with you when you're in danger on the mission field or in anywhere in America. You go to a tough part of town, Jesus is right there with you. He's there. He's going. In fact, he's been there already preparing hearts. Simply go and claim the power and claim the presence of Jesus Christ. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Don't try to win souls in the flesh. I, can, I, I, I won't give the specifics, but I've actually, uh, from a feeling of duty, knowing I was in the flesh at the time, uh, tried to, tried to uh, witness and it, it doesn't work. Be, be committed, be dedicated to the Lord with all your heart and let the Holy Spirit fill you and go out and practice the presence of God as you witness for Jesus Christ. Are you right now filled with the Holy Spirit? The other day, uh, uh, I went into the hospital to, get, uh, a, uh, to, give, a, to, get, to give a blood sample, and uh, uh, so they were gonna check it, uh, AIC, I think they call it, for diabetes, and I'm still learning all this, but, uh, the nurse came in and she was she had the gloves on and she had the mask on and everything and and she she said and she's talking to me as she prepared my arm to poke it and and she said uh, I just came from such and such where we're testing for the coronavirus. <laughs> 
okay. <laughs> and now she's going to stick a needle in me. And uh, she got the needle, and it looked bigger than usual. And she said, and I've, had, I've given blood a lot of times, you know, for different reasons. But she, she got that needle, and she said, this is going to pinch a little bit. Well, I don't want to slander her, but it sounded like a lie to me, especially after she poked me with it. Usually, you know, I can control myself, but she took that big old needle and, you know, put it in me, and I jumped. I don't usually jump, but um, um, I had tracks in my pocket, and I gave her the coronavirus tract. <laughs> She's been dealing with that and, and, and testing people for it. And, and I was able to give out tracts also in, to, to uh, the ladies at the desk there. Look, and, and God's presence is right there. I, I felt no fear. I felt no hesitation. If God is with you, you can do anything. I remember in, in Japan where, when Usuki-san got saved. And you remember, you may have heard me talk about Usuki-san, the Japanese gangster and, and the drug, drug gang leader. <clears throat> he got saved. One day I said... You think the Godfather might be interested in me? And he said, oh yeah. Well, that didn't make me feel good, you know. Uh, he was afraid that if he tried to, to get out of the gang, the Godfather would have him killed. Yeah, I think maybe he was a little too worried. But you know what? <clears throat> I didn't feel any pressure. Why? Because I was out there serving God. If the God, in fact, one time I asked Usuki, where does the Godfather live? He told me the road, but he wouldn't tell me the, the house. <laughs> he was too nervous. I wanted to go and talk to the Godfather, and God would have been with me. The Lord Jesus would have been right there with me, and who knows, he could have gotten saved. Ah, oh, listen, we depend on self too much. When, when God is right there with us, I remember when I was in high school, I was on a high school wrestling team, and I just remember very vividly <clears throat> walking down the hall. I was, I was, in 100, I was 138 pounds about then and a skinny little guy, and, but I was walking down the hall with the heavyweight wrestler, and uh, he weighed about 300. Great big huge guy. You know what? It was a tough school. I mean, there were bad things going on in this school. There were drugs, there were, they, we had a riot one time and so forth, but I felt pretty safe with my friend. 300 pounds of muscle and well, some other <laughs> kind of tissue too, but um, great big guy. But look, We've got Jesus with us. You know, never mind the 400-pound gorilla in the room like the, like the story goes. We've got almighty, infinite Jesus Christ right there with us in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Had to go once and when Usuki finally decided to flee the city and get away from the drug gang. <clears throat> had to go to, his apart, to the apartment of Ushido-san. And Ushido was one of the drug gang members. He was a drug addict also. But he had gotten saved, and I'd been going to disciple him. And I, I just thank God for using me. What, what a privilege. And I, and I went, and uh, uh, when uh, Usuki decided to flee the gang, he went and, and moved in with uh, Ushido and closed his apartment. And, and he had a truck, he brought a truck up, had a friend come up with a truck from Sapporo, the big city, to get his, his stuff, Usuki's stuff. And there was all the gang members there. So there were about three or four other gang members, and Ushido told me, he said, I don't want so-and-so to come in my apartment because he and I are enemies in the same gang. And, uh, and, uh, but the guy did come in, and so there I am with two Yakuza gangsters who hate each other. <laughs> but you know what? God gave perfect peace. 
And then when Usuki wasn't treating Ushido right, I rebuked Usuki, Usuki, you've got to treat him right. He kept your stuff in his house and everything. Look, it doesn't matter where you are or who you are with. Christ is with you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Bible says. Are you right now leaning on Jesus? My grandfather's song, I'm leaning on Jesus. I'm leaning, I'm leaning on Jesus. He walks with me over each step of the way. I'm leaning on Jesus. He cares for me. I wish I could sing that whole song for you. Leaning on Jesus. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for our BCM students, our young people, and anyone else who watches this. And I pray that right now, you would be with them in a special way. Show them your presence in their heart, in their head, right near them. Show each person their presence, your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a blessing, and I just want to say before we dismiss chapel, uh, take a moment right now to just fix your heart and mind on the truth that the Lord is there. We so often fall into the satanic trap of thinking life as a secular existence, and then we think about God. But it is important to practice the presence of God. It's a decision of the will, not looking to emotion, but to the reality that God is there. And then when he needs uh, to make himself very evident, he will do so to meet your needs. Uh, and if you are right now not right with God, um, you're going to sense his presence because God's convincing and convicting you. But I encourage you to get, that, get your heart settled. There's nothing more precious than knowing the Savior. Well, the Lord bless you. Let's uh, uh, ask God for a great continued day.